Hey church, over the past few weeks, um, we've been going through the subject of wisdom and we're going to continue on, on divine wisdom, the second part of divine wisdom this week. And we've understood that divine wisdom is God's perspective, God's desire and God's will. Now a person grows in wisdom when they see and deal with the affairs of the earth according to the perspective, God's desire, God's perspective and His will over the affairs of their life. When we apply His perspective in every area of our life, the areas that we apply His perspective in begins to prosper according to the intention that God has in His Word. You know, in the Gospels, it says that Jesus grew, in Luke chapter 2, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. And He gives us the secret as to how He grew in wisdom. And the way He grew in wisdom was that He, he, he mentions in the Gospels, He says this, I only say what I hear my Father say. I only do what I see my father doing. So which means Jesus was not really interested in what the scribes and Pharisees were doing. Jesus was not interested in what the religious people were doing. Jesus was not interested in the politics of the day, the governments, the, the, econo the economies of the day, the financial situation, the how, how many people were, were leprous and how, what was the uh, disease of the, of, the, of the region in that or the time. Jesus was not interested in that because God's perspective over the affairs of the earth carried much more weight and value and the ability to transform anything that Jesus put his word to. So when wisdom, when we grow in wisdom by seeking God's perspective over the areas of our life, or whether it's our marriage, whether it's our business, um, people might say, well, you know, Pastor John, business, you know, how, how can I see? How, what's the connection between secular and something that is, you know, uh, sacred? And I want to I wanna invite you into this understanding that there is nothing secular. When you are in the kingdom of God, everything that involves you is sacred. The business that you have is sacred. The, uh, the church that you go to is sacred. The community that you're a part of is sacred. The food that you eat is sacred. Everything that you touch, the ground that, you're, that you stand on is holy ground because you are in the kingdom of God. God has a perfect will for all of his creation. And it is our responsibility, yours and mine today, to grow and mature in understanding or knowing or gaining the knowledge of God's perspective, of God's will, of God's desire over the affairs of the earth. See, God is in heaven, but you are on the earth. There is a reason that you're here. So that when you're in the kingdom of God, you can now look at the circumstances and situations in your life or in the city that you live in or the, the region that you live in. And if there's anything that is in contradiction to his desire, his perspective and his will, now you have the right to use his wisdom to bring transformation in those areas. It is your right, it is your duty. Let me say it that way. It is your duty to bring transformation to those areas. There's this parable where that Jesus talks about the Good Samaritan. And the Good Samaritan uh, looks at this person who is wounded on the, on the road and even though he is a Samaritan, takes the responsibility on himself to dress the wounds of the person who is beaten, who is bleeding and nurse him and take him to an inn and keep him there and even pay for it. See, there's a, when you and I have come into an understanding that God has called us into his kingdom, his king's, the king's dominion, you need to understand that you're the person he has placed in authority over his affairs on the earth, over how he wants to rule and reign through his kingdom on the earth. 
And every time you see something that is in contradiction to his will, it becomes your duty and your right to fix it. And so today we're going to um, go deeper into understanding divine wisdom. And I want to welcome you to open your Bibles to uh, Proverbs chapter 3. And we'll read uh, a beautiful, uh, the, the, these beautiful Proverbs right now. And verse 13 says this, Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Happy is not his name, but he's joyful, he's full of joy. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. You see how it is finding wisdom and gaining understanding. Okay, for her proceeds, that's wisdom, are better than the profits of silver and her gain then find gold. Wow. Let me just put that into perspective right now. The, the knowledge that, that man has placed over gold and silver, the value that man has placed over gold and silver is invaluable when it compares to wisdom. We spend the majority of our time running after gold and silver. Ooh. We, we spend a majority of our life pursuing finances, pursuing, why? Because we, we want to have a better life. But what if I told you that wisdom would do that for you rather than pursuing gold or silver? See, a lot of the wars are fought in the world over gold and silver. But who decides that that is the value of gold? And gold is more precious than silver. And then he goes on to say, she is more precious than rubies. Come on now. And all the things that you may desire cannot compare with her. Which means everything, every materialistic thing that you desire cannot be compared to wisdom. Cannot be compared with wisdom. This is so powerful church because I really believe that God is presenting like Jesus. He's presenting something that is most valuable to his church today. Something that he values more than what he has created. He's presenting something of who he is, which is more of value, which should be more of a value to you and me than what we spend a majority of our life trying to pursue. And so he says this in verse 16, length of days is in her right hand. We're talking about wisdom now. In her left hand, riches and honor. Come on, man. That is powerful. We've been pursuing the wrong things. We've been chasing after the dream. I want to be on the Forbes list. I want to have money. I want to have a successful business. There's no issues with it. There's nothing wrong with that desire. But, I, but the problem is that the channel through that we have chosen is the wrong one. When God is saying, Listen, all the riches, all the wisdom, all the honor, all the gold, all the silver, the precious rubies, the stones, all the stuff that you need, wisdom will give it to you. Wisdom will give it to you. We're talking about the perspective. A perspective has the ability to make you rich. A perspective, God's perspective has the ability, God's will has the ability to prosper you and make you rich and receive honor. I mean, my goodness, we don't have to tell people to honor you. We don't have to tell people, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor, you have to honor me. No, <laughs> no. Wisdom. When you carry the wisdom of God, it attracts honor towards you. It attracts riches towards you. It attracts a praise towards you. It attracts glory, man's glory towards you. And this is something that we need, church. This is something that we need. Because what is the point of giving God glory that you don't have? What is the point of you saying, God, I give you glory when none of the earth, nobody around you has given you any glory? When somebody comes to you and says, you look beautiful tonight. You look wonderful tonight, like Eric Clapton. When they sing that song, or when, when, when people say, hey man, you're looking sharp today. That is honor. That is glory that is being bestowed upon you. Hey man, you're such an awesome worship leader. Oh man, that stuff that you did. Oh man, you're such an uh, amazing graphic artist. Oh my God, you are such an amazing cook. You, you know, did such an awesome job in the kitchen. My goodness. Wow, you, you're, you're a chef in the making. All of these are honor and glory that is given 
to you so that you can turn back to the one who you know where all these abilities come from. But I want to present something to you right now. That all those abilities come from wisdom. When you pursue wisdom, wisdom causes you to become rich. Wisdom causes you to become an awesome chef. It becomes, wisdom causes you to be a phenomenal media professional. Wisdom causes you to become a phenomenal sound engineer. Wisdom causes you to be an awesome pastor and a communicator. Wisdom causes you to do that. And so he goes on to say, length of days, which means long life, is in her right hand. My goodness, I want to hold that right hand. And in her left hand are riches and honor, which means wisdom has an open hand full of things for you. But if you pursue wisdom, you begin to receive. If you pursue the face, you begin to receive everything that is in the hand. See, a lot of times people look to the hand, but they don't look to the face of God. When you look to the face of God, you receive everything that is in his heart and in his hand for your life. And then verse 17 says, her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life, there we go, to those who take a hold of her. She is the tree of life that you need to take a hold of and happy are all who retain her. Which means you can receive wisdom like you're doing right now. You can receive wisdom and you have the choice to retain it. You can take a hold of wisdom. You can grab this word that you're receiving right now and it's your decision to, when you get out of this place or when you get out of, of, a church, of the church service to do something with it. You can either retain it like it is more precious to you than gold or silver or diamonds or any other riches or any other desire in your heart. If you place a high value and a high desire on wisdom, now everything that is mentioned here, wisdom begins to give you. So let's, let's read verse 19 and it says, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth and by understanding he established the heavens. And verse 20 says, By his knowledge the depths were broken up and the clouds dropped down the dew. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this right now, on these two verses. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. This is incredible because it's saying that the earth, the foundation of the earth or the Lord laid the foundation of the earth by wisdom, which means everything that we see on the earth today, um, all the knowledge, all the things that we see, all of creation that we see around us, we receive knowledge of them and that knowledge was in the wisdom that God created the earth from. So which means that everything that we see around us, the trees, the, uh, the, the fields, the, the mountains, the valleys, the rivers, uh, the animals, the birds, everything that God has created is a manifestation of knowledge. And that knowledge existed in wisdom. And that wisdom was in God when he was creating the world. So, so for example, when God said, let there be light in the book of Genesis, he said, let there be light. He spoke into the darkness and out of darkness, light came out. So before light was manifested in the darkness, light was knowledge in God's mind. So light was knowledge in God's mind. So that knowledge carried the properties of light. It carried the chemical compositions of light. It carried every aspect of light that you can think about. The physics, the chemistry, everything about light was knowledge in God's mind before God spoke. So which means when God spoke, wisdom gave knowledge its identity and its character and its nature before it was manifested into reality. So we must understand that knowledge cannot be separated from wisdom. In, in, in other words or in simpler terms, I would say wisdom is the tree and knowledge is the fruit on the tree. 
Another simple example would be, uh, uh, you know, an orange, you know, a mandarin. The, I would say that the mandarin skin, the skin of the orange, when you look at an orange, uh, the skin is wisdom and you have to open up the skin, the, the wisdom in order for you to receive knowledge. So which means when everything that is around us, everything, you look at a tree, the tree gives you knowledge. Where did that knowledge come from? It came from God. So knowledge in itself, ladies and gentlemen, is from God. So all knowledge, so I would say this, wisdom is the container or the vessel that contains knowledge and it is a container from which knowledge flows out of. Wisdom is the vessel that contains knowledge and is the vessel from which knowledge flows. When we look at all of creation, all of creation carries knowledge. That knowledge is what God used to manifest His intention, ladies and gentlemen. So when God was having a thought, I want to create light. Every aspect of light, all the, the different shades, the colors, everything of light was in God's mind and it was wisdom that caused knowledge to be manifested which means wisdom gave knowledge its purpose it gave knowledge its character and gave knowledge its identity God's intention gave knowledge its identity its character and its purpose so which means knowledge by itself ladies and gentlemen is neutral Knowledge is not good or evil. Knowledge is a neutral frequency, which means you can receive knowledge of anything and if your heart is evil, that knowledge can be used for an evil purpose. Or if your heart is good, you can use that knowledge for a good purpose. And that's why God from the very beginning told man, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why? Because you are judging my knowledge as good or evil. When you're not supposed to judge knowledge according to good and evil, you're supposed to judge knowledge or discern knowledge according to wisdom. So that's why when they were in the garden, they were meant to eat of the tree of life and live forevermore. Why? Because in the tree of life was the wisdom to now use knowledge or give knowledge, God's knowledge, the ability to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. See, your prosperity, your riches, your success of your business, your success of your marriage, all of that stuff is not anywhere else but in knowledge. And the manifestation of knowledge determines how prosperous you become. The manifestation of knowledge determines how rich you become. <laughs> a lot of times we go, Pastor, please pray for me, pray for me, give me a prophetic word. What is that, what is that prophetic word? I'm giving you perspective of God's knowledge about your situation. You've come to me or you go to people in your life group with the knowledge of, oh, my body's sick. Oh, pastor, I don't have money in my bank account. Oh, I need to pay this bill. Oh, I need a job. You've received knowledge that, that, that something has told you which is good or bad. And you go to people asking for wisdom. And then wisdom now redefines the knowledge that you have. When wisdom redefines the knowledge that you have, now that knowledge begins to manifest according to God's perspective for your life. That's how miracles happen. That's how we can manifest breakthrough in our lives, ladies and gentlemen. If you are struggling in your business, I want to encourage you to change your, your hard attitude towards the knowledge of your business. 
Change your heart attitude towards your knowledge of your economy. Change your heart attitude towards your mom and dad. Change your heart attitude towards your pastor, towards your church leaders. Change your heart attitude because if you change your heart attitude according to the perspective that God has, whatever knowledge you have gained now begins to manifest into fruitfulness, multiplication in your life. You get you you receive the blessing of the knowledge because God's intention from the beginning was that knowledge would be a blessing to all mankind. That's why when God released knowledge on the earth, he released knowledge with his intention. See when God created light, he created light and it came out of darkness and he saw the light. And he said it was good. Which means God is the only one who has the ability to judge. He judged it as good, which means light from the beginning of time for eternity will be good you know why because god has judged it he has judged it according to his perspective what i see in my mind what i see according to my knowledge is what i'm seeing in reality so which means this reality matches what is in my mind in my heart and so because of that i have judged it as good when i judge it as good it will continue to manifest be fruitful and multiply he goes on to say by understanding in verse 19 he says by understanding he established the heavens so by wisdom he founded the earth and by understanding he established the heavens heavens plural not heaven heavens what is understanding understanding ladies and gentlemen is god's ability of discernment where in in the first book of kings chapter 3 we see solomon really doesn't ask god for wisdom he goes to god and he says god give me an understanding heart why so that i may discern between good and evil now we're thinking okay he he he's getting he's receiving knowledge from people and this knowledge now he wants to discern is this good or is this evil But I'm going to present something to you that would really bring you out of the cycle of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay? So, we must understand that knowledge in itself is neutral. It's neither good nor it's evil. The intention of the heart judges knowledge according to good or evil. But when Solomon asked for understanding, he asked God to give me your ability to discern what is the real nature of the knowledge i'm hearing what solomon desired was to have discernment to identify the true nature of knowledge which is according to god's desire see i i i really believe that life church global is an intelligent church and the reason why is because from the beginning of our church we've been pushing out the wisdom of god and every time our church has been receiving the wisdom of god it creates this upgrade in how we think and how we function on the earth we function according to his perspective and his will we don't live for our will anymore our desires in fact his will and his desires have become our will and our desires now when solomon desired discernment that word discernment means to identify the true nature of the knowledge he was hearing according to god's desire so which means like like the story uh, that we spoke about last week about the the two women that brought the baby to uh, to solomon now if you were emotional you would give in to the emotional one if you were sarcastic you would give in to the sarcastic one so you would literally judge based on the state of your heart but what if your heart was full of wisdom what if your heart was full of god's will and god's desire now it completely changes how you discern because you've not only received god's perspective but you also received his ability now to identify the real nature of this story this real nature of this knowledge now i was watching this documentary on netflix and 
it was about um, fishing not fishing as in I'm going to go fishing it was about uh, you know commercial fishing uh, in off the waters of Japan uh, and it, they were really talking about oh my god this particular fish and you know the, uh, the 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 fish is going to become empty because now they are fishing with bigger nets and five or six tank shipping vessels at the same time are fishing they're harvesting and this is a billion dollar industry and I'm listening to this knowledge that is coming at me and I'm realizing hold on a minute I'm actually getting upset based on the knowledge because this guy who's bringing this documentary to me is communicating to me from the perspective of fear and lack. And so I'm receiving this knowledge going, hold on a minute, what, what is, what is, why is this guy complaining about fishing off the coast of Japan? And as I stepped out, as I switched off the documentary and as I stepped out of it, I began to seek, what is, what is, how does God see the situation? What is God's perspective for this shipping uh, you know, industry in Japan? And then I realized a majority of Jap Japanese people eat fish. It's a part of their staple diet. God made them like that. They, they didn't choose to eat fish. God made them like that. They didn't choose to make the, 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 the best beef in the world uh, you know God decided to give them the best beef in the world it's Kobe beef it's come, it comes from the prefecture of, of Kobe in Japan and you can't you can't take an A5 Wagyu steak and say no no no, no the industry is, is no you, you, you grill it and you eat it and you give thanks to God for creating such a beautiful animal because it's like it's like bacon butter that just you know that just flows into your body and it's good stuff it's healthy stuff right so when when i began to think about oh my god there's a billion dollar industry what if this guy was right and people believed him and now they they stopped these vessels from doing what what they what they wanted to do so hundreds of thousands of people would lose their jobs which means hundreds of thousands of people will not families will not have uh, enough food on their table there's a they, they will create another problem by trying to solve a problem how many of you know that's not wisdom see wisdom takes you outside the perspective of man and causes you to see from what God sees so we look at the sea and we think did what promise did God give to the fish in the sea? The promise was, be fruitful, multiply. Right? And he says, subdue. Be subdued to man. So the fish in the sea know that they exist for the man. So now, they, their worship to God is not being fearful of being caught in the, in, in the net. Their worship to God is to be fruitful and multiply and also supply food to man. See, the perspective has to shift. So now I'm not encouraging, you know, oh, you know, now go, everybody go, take, you know, lots of boats and commercially, commercially drain the, the ocean. I, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not empowering that, that behavior. I'm just saying, hey, hold on a minute. Try, let's not judge. Let's not judge based on the knowledge of good and evil. Let's look at the same knowledge from the perspective of, of God. Because when God gives you a better perspective, His perspective, now you begin to bless the very industry that everybody's cursing. Why? Because you can see that hundreds of thousands of people can be fed and have awesome sushi right but at the same time you know hundreds of thousands of millions of people can ha can ha their children can go to school and they can have food on the table they can have a better life because god provided fish in the sea see we've got to look we, we wisdom causes you to see from the nature god's nature and his abilities you're telling me that man's ability to overfish is greater than god's ability to provide fish it's a lack of wisdom so when we can't get, when we receive knowledge, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to really step out of, the, of judging it according to good and evil and we've got to see how God discerns it. See, Solomon began to discern knowledge like this according to its true identity. What is its true identity? 
because when you see the knowledge according to its true identity now your heart which is filled with the perspective of God begins to give knowledge its identity its nature so that it can continue to do what God has blessed it to do so we look at that we look at our marriages in the same way we look at our friendships the same way we look at our children the same way what is God's perspective for my children what is God's perspective for my dogs what is God's perspective for this city that we live in? What is God's perspective for the church? So many of us want to give up on church. When God's like, hello, I'm doing something new. Are you able to keep up with me? Because only when you have his perspective will you keep up with him. Otherwise you will get caught in the cycle of the knowledge of good and evil. And that's where God doesn't really want you to be. You know, I want you to go to um, 1 Kings and we'll read from chapter 4 and from verse 29 onwards God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore hold on a minute drop the mic oh dear I want to read that again that is so powerful I want to read that again and God gave Solomon. I want you to put your name there. Put your name. Whatever your name is. Don't put somebody else's name. Put your name there. And say God gave. Right. Let's do it again. And God gave John. <laughs> wisdom. And exceedingly great understanding. And largeness of heart. Come on now. Say that with me one more time. And God gave wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore thus Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt that is phenomenal okay so he asked for an understanding heart so that he could discern between good and evil and judge the people that's what we studied last week but God decided okay Solomon I love your heart but I got a better plan for you somebody say this God's got a better plan for me and God's plan is way 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 better than my plan way way better way way and he gave Solomon wisdom his perspective and exceedingly great discernment which means Solomon was able to look listen to knowledge and instantly know okay I know exactly what God's perspective is for this okay and he gave him largeness of heart largeness of heart doesn't mean he gave him a big heart like organ like you know or somebody says oh he's such a big heart so generous no no that's not what it means what it actually means he gave him largeness of a mind he expanded the capacity of his mind right now just Claim this promise over your life. God, expand my heart. Expand my mind. Give me a large mind so that I have the ability to process knowledge. I can receive knowledge and process knowledge. Okay? Come on now. Like the sand on the seashore. What, what this really means is that when God said, okay, I'm going to give you wisdom, understanding and knowledge. He decided to give him everything. Everything that was in God's heart, he downloaded into this guy. He just dumped it. Take Solomon. You want? I'm going to give you more. Take everything. Just imagine the thoughts that God has for you is more than the, the, the stars in the sky and the grains of sand on the ground. All those thoughts, all the knowledge of the stars, the knowledge of how, uh, how the birds function, the knowledge of the birds and of the fish of the sea, every single thing that exists that God has created, God deposited it into one man's heart, one man's mind. He, began, he expanded his mind so much that this man was known as the wisest man that ever existed. God has done this only for one man. You must understand that. He did it only for one man. Wait now. Thus Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. Now, I want you to go to verse 32. And it says this, Solomon, he spoke 
3,000 proverbs. Wow. And his songs were 1,005, which means this guy was a poet and a songwriter. So if you're in your worship team, hello, worship team, Life Church Global, you need the wisdom of Solomon. You need largeness of heart in order to start writing songs for this church. Come on, I just re- did, I did, I imparted it to you right now. Right? So, uh, so he began to, then, then verse 33 says, also he spoke of trees. He spoke of trees. From the cedar tree of Lebanon, even to the hyssop that springs out of the wall. Where did he get this knowledge from? He spoke also of animals, of birds, and of creeping things, and of fish, and men of all nations, from all the kings of the earth, who had heard of his wisdom, who have heard of his wisdom, came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Man, this guy was phenomenal. I mean, he was a walking Google. He was a living Google. Like, I mean, you could ask him anything. Somebody would come to Solomon and say, Solomon, there's a bird in India. It's called the national bird of India. You know, in India didn't have independence at that time. But there was, there was a bird in India and it has all these colorful feathers. And Solomon would say, that's a peacock. And this is what the nature of the peacock is. And this is why, listen to me now, this is why God created the peacock. So all the men in the world who were under kings, which means these were wise men who were under kings, who were advising kings, had heard about Solomon's wisdom. What was his wisdom about? About the fish in the sea. Please listen to me. Fish of the sea, birds of the air, every living thing that creeps. All the creeps, all of it, right? All the, everything, the animals, the water. He was, he was, he was such a brilliant guy. You could go to him and ask him about any knowledge that you might need and he would give you an answer for it. But see, the, the, the thing about Solomon was he had the knowledge of, which we term as secular knowledge. The science, the chemistry, the physics, the mathematics, all of that stuff that we, they are, you know, you, your secular knowledge. No, no, God is the one. That is, God gave that knowledge. We spend a majority of our life, ladies and gentlemen, acquiring, gathering knowledge that God had put in place. But see, the problem is that we don't spend a majority of our life and go, and go to wisdom school. We go to knowledge school, but not wisdom school. We go acquiring knowledge and we sit under mentors and teachers who teach us to choose between good and evil. And so we stick in the cycle of the knowledge of good and evil and we only create according to what was created by man and we continue to create what was created by man and it's a destructive cycle. But but God's intention was for you and I to create out of wisdom. When we create out of His perspective, now we don't need to recreate something that God has already created. When we choose the perspective of God, now everything that we create remains created for eternity because God's wisdom, He gives it the ability to manifest. And so we see now Solomon, he spoke 3,000 proverbs. He wrote 1,005 songs. I mean, the guy would be the music director. He would be the engineer. He would be the the guy behind the camera. He He would ask him about anything and he would know it because God gave him knowledge, but also gave him wisdom how to apply the knowledge. See, all the people around the world, when you talk about wisdom, they don't know anything about wisdom. How do you manifest wisdom? Wisdom is not manifested, ladies and gentlemen. It's a perspective. It's a will. But what is manifested is knowledge. You need money in your bank. You don't need wisdom to manifest it. You need knowledge to manifest money in the bank. Because money in the bank is knowledge. It's the consciousness of knowledge. It it manifests. You manifest it. You go to work. You don't know when they transfer your salary. But then you get, you get a message on on your phone that says, hey, they've transferred money in your bank. And now you receive knowledge that money is in your bank. 
But if you don't have wisdom, you won't know how to spend that money. If you lack wisdom, you don't know how to spend that money. Now, if I, if I had a thousand dirhams right now, I can look at that thousand dirhams and I'll be like, wow, I got thousand dirhams in my hand. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus provided a thousand dirhams. That thousand dirhams is knowledge that is manifested in my hand. But if I use wisdom, I can take this knowledge, the consciousness of this knowledge and I can apply it and now begin to multiply that knowledge. I can multiply knowledge. I can multiply that money so that now I'm not just dependent on a thousand dirhams. I can now, I have the ability, God's ability to multiply knowledge on the earth. See, it's not just multiplying money, but it's multiplying knowledge. His wisdom was so amazing because wisdom is the application of knowledge. These people had knowledge, ladies and gentlemen. They were wise men of the East. These people were wise men of Egypt. They were some of the wisest people on the earth, but all they had was knowledge. How does the sun move and how does this move and, and the astrology and all that kind of stuff. But our friend over there, Solomon, knew exactly what was God's desire for the sun? What was God's desire for the moon? What was God's desire for the stars? And how do these stars impact us? How, do the, how did God created all the elements? How do these elements function for our favor, in our benefit? God knows how to, to allow earth and water and wind and fire to begin to, to function in order to give us life. See, ladies and gentlemen, you and I, you look at all the, 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 the elements, the four elements, the five elements, you're created out of it. Everything exists in you, earth, wind, water, fire, everything exists in you. In fact, he's given you the fifth element, which is the spirit. He's breathed his spirit into you and his spirit or the ether begins to give you life. We cannot we cannot call something that God has created as secular when he said it is sacred. We can't say it is new age because God, because we didn't have knowledge. I wasn't there when God created it, so it must be the devil. No, ladies and gentlemen, the devil perverted something that God has created. It's perverted knowledge. Let me just put it the right way. It's perverted knowledge according to someone's evil intention. But see, everything that God created carries the purity. It's neutral from God. He says, hey, listen, Solomon, I'm giving you wisdom. I'm giving you knowledge now, but I'm also giving you wisdom so that you can define what knowledge is. And that knowledge will begin to function according to what you define it to be. So what is your life full of? Look at the knowledge in your life. Look at everything around you. Look at the life you're living. What is your definition of that knowledge? Are you defining that knowledge to be lack? Are you defining that knowledge to be job loss? Are you defining that knowledge to be, oh, there's a pandemic, oh, let's be afraid? Or are you defining, like I was looking at this pandemic and I was thinking, I'm so grateful to God that during the worst season the world has ever gone through, the church seems to be thriving. We would not have been online Nobody would have even heard of us globally unless this pandemic hit. Now I'm not, I feel for the people who struggle. I feel for the, for the people who are sick. I feel for the people who have lost family members. I feel for it. But when I look at the perspective that God has for his church, he has taken us from being limited in a physical environment to being unlimited in a spiritual environment. It's because the perspective that God has is the same perspective that I choose to have. So I'm not bitter about not meeting in a physical gathering. I'm actually full of joy. I'm, I'm anticipating, so I have such hope right now that, that tomorrow is a way better day. Tomorrow is a way better day, day than what we're experiencing right now. Most of us have heard this story already and it's the Queen of Sheba that came to visit um, Solomon. Can you imagine this guy lived in, an, in a time when there was no internet, there was no phones, there was no Facebook, no YouTube, no Instagram, no IG posts, you know, 
keep keep reminding people about my wisdom no <laughs> keep reminding people about who god is keep reminding people so that they come to church no none of that stuff he he, he didn't do any of that he was just busy taking care of his kingdom according to the knowledge and the wisdom that god had for his kingdom so first kings chapter 10 and we'll read from verse 1 actually we'll read a couple of verses for time's sake now when the queen of sheba heard of the fame of solomon listen to this concerning the name of the lord i was talking about the name of the lord during culture time today she heard of the fame of solomon concerning the name of the lord wow that that's that's quite deep actually that's very mystical because solomon knew how to use the names of god in order to manifest the knowledge the wisdom of the lord see when you manifest the wisdom of the lord the wisdom of god that wisdom begins to manifest as the lord in your life so when solomon began to use wisdom he began to look at look at knowledge the knowledge that god had imparted into him and he began to use the perspective of god the wisdom of god now everybody began to know the lord everybody began to know the name of the lord do people come to you and say who is your god we've got to come into this place church this is not a this is a word of encouragement i've got we've got to come into this place that we are when we start operating in wisdom that people don't come to us because of our name people don't come to us because man what a what an awesome church you're part of no 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 i've heard of the name of the lord from how you operate with wisdom when you operate with wisdom it defines the lord to the world and people she came concerning i concern she came with a concern about the name of the lord how can you manifest the name of the lord with the wisdom that you have what is on your life life is global what is on your life what is the wisdom that you carry that nobody else carries see all of them carry the wisdom now some some people in 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 india might carry the wisdom or or the knowledge of their religion and that's why you know them as hindus or buddhists or muslims or whatever you want to call them that's based on the the knowledge of their religion or their leaders but when you begin to operate under the wisdom of the the lord now bigger people begin to know you according to the lord that is lording over your life see the wisdom that you begin to use is not just your wisdom it is the lord manifesting in and through your life and so now she came to test him with hard questions she came to jerusalem with a great retinue with camels that bore spices very much gold and precious stones and when she came to solomon she spoke with him about all that was in her heart come on now man that's amazing so solomon answered all her questions there was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her wow he did not have google ladies and gentlemen he was google you could go to him and ask him anything you wanted and he would talk to you about it he would answer all your questions he would he would give you the right way to invest your money he would give you the right knowledge where to go and mine for gold where to go and mine for silver where to go and get the oil that you need where to what fish is in what part of the sea he would give you all the knowledge but even though he spoke all these things Look at verse 4. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon. Where did she see all his wisdom? The house that he built. Ooh, come on now. Now oh, 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 oh. the food on his table. 
the seating of his servant, how his servant sat. Oh, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cup bearers, and get this, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. So Solomon really wasn't focused that much on changing everything around him. He started with his house. He started using wisdom, the wisdom of the Lord to transform his house. Now you can look at Solomon as a, as a king over his kingdom and his temple and, and his house and all that kind of stuff. Or you can look at yourself as Solomon that carries a temple, that carries a house. And this is the house that God dwells in. So how do people look at you and the way you dress? How do people see you? They will see the wisdom of God in the way you conduct yourself. They will see the wisdom of God in the way you communicate, in the way you look at people, in the way you look at circumstances and situations. They will see the wisdom of God in how you treat people. They will see the wisdom of God in, in the clothes you wear. They will see the wisdom of God in how you sit at a table and how you conduct yourself at the table, how you eat food, what food you eat. Are you on a keto diet? Why are you on a keto diet? And how do these foods benefit your body so that you don't put on weight or you do actually lose weight? See, there's a, there's a lot of this wisdom that is really seen in, in, in how you conduct your daily life. Wisdom is not really, oh man, I want to change the world and I want to do great things. All that is coming, ladies and gentlemen. Wisdom does it for you. But God wants to see how would you change your personal life first? How would you take his wisdom and apply it in your everyday life? How do you iron your clothes? My goodness. How do, what is your, how do you, do you have body odor? Are your, are your nails cut? I mean, guys, come on, this is the stuff. This is the stuff that people look at and they go, hold on a minute, I can see the Lord in that person. People have a problem when Christians dress well. People have a problem when Christians drive good cars. People have a problem when, when, when Christians fly on, on uh, jets and planes and private jets and, and all that kind of stuff. People have a problem when Christians have big churches. Hello, excuse me, those are the only, those people are jealous Christians that have issues with other Christians because they don't have the wisdom that these Christians have. So when you begin to apply the wisdom that God has given you, don't be ashamed of having or wearing a good watch. Don't be ashamed of wearing good branded clothes. Don't be ashamed of driving a really good car because you deserve it. Because it's not because of anything else, the quality of life reveals the wisdom it reveals your Lord my God the car you drive reveals to the world who is your God don't be ashamed don't go for don't settle for something less settle for the Lord settle for a car that the Lord would drive Set a, he will give you wisdom as to which car to drive in which season of your life. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not telling you if you have a 2,000 dirham salary to go and look for a Bentley and crib and cry because you don't have a Bentley. You need 2,000 dirhams to, to pay for the fuel for the Bentley per month. All I'm saying is in every season of your life, God reveals his wisdom for that season. You, as you begin to as you begin to steward your season of your life according to the wisdom that God gives you, you now begin to mature into a greater season. See, people don't, uh, people lack wisdom. They have the knowledge, but they don't have the wisdom. They have the knowledge for computer science and they have knowledge for computer engineering and they have knowledge to be a doctor, but they don't have the wisdom. But that wisdom we think will, if I, if I go to this teacher for, for classes, then that teacher will teach me how to you know, be a good you know, doctor or a lawyer or, or any of that kind of stuff. And yeah, you're getting repeated, regurgitated wisdom through his trial and error. But when you say, okay, God, I've amassed all this computer engineering knowledge. Now I'm sitting at your feet. What is your perspective for this knowledge in my life. How can this knowledge that I have serve your purpose on the earth? See, because that's what God wants us to do. See, all his knowledge has been released on the earth. You can go look at a tree and the tree will begin to worship God and you will receive revelation after revelation from that tree. But 
What's the point of all that knowledge when you don't know God's wisdom for that tree? How to apply God's wisdom on that tree? See, you can go grocery shopping and, and you can buy all the groceries you want and it will sit on your countertop. But if you don't have the wisdom to look at your groceries as a curry, as a roast, as a stir fry, then you won't even have the ability to cook that for your life. See, wisdom is the ability to see the curry in the vegetables. Wisdom is the ability to see the forest in a seed. And knowing when to plant that seed. Wisdom is being able to see a million dollars in a thousand dirhams. See, wisdom sets the children of God apart. People say, I want the presence of God. Yes, you need wisdom. Because what are you going to do when the presence of God does come? What are you going to do with His presence? What are you going to do with it? Oh, I just want to be close to Jesus. And then what? What are you going to do from there? You need wisdom. A lot of people have a lot of knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, people have read, people who are not even Christians have read the Bible and they know the Bible back to front. Even the devil knows the Bible back to front. But people need wisdom as to use what scripture at what time and for what season of life. Everybody goes for the bless me scriptures. Nobody goes for the use me scriptures. You know, there's a parable of the good steward that Jesus shares in the book of Matthew. He says there were three stewards. I'm, this is my, my version of the parable. The three stewards and this rich ruler wants to go out of town. And he takes his belongings, he said, takes his belongings and he gives it to them. Five talents, two talents, and one talent. And those talents, ladies and gentlemen, is knowledge that is given to you and me. What are you going to do with that knowledge? The guy who had the five talents went and put it to work. He invested it. And from there he got five talents more. He came to the Lord and he presented it to the Lord and God says, good, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with five talents. Now here take five cities, take 10 cities. He gives him for, for managing, listen to this, for managing five talents worth of property of God's. He makes him a lord over 10 cities. That is just phenomenal. The knowledge that you and I have is the very key to increasing in a hundredfold harvest. When you choose to apply wisdom to the knowledge you have and multiply it, now God begins to reward you according to the multiplication, not according to what he gave you. We have, we've got to position ourselves before God like that and say, God, hey, you know, I love the knowledge that you've given me. It would be very sad that you spent five years of your life becoming a, 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 you know, a computer engineer or a doctor. And now you're working as a sales executive or a sales manager. What are you going to stand before God and say, God, I studied for five years, but you didn't open a door for me. You can't say that, Dave. You can't say, God, I took that knowledge and I buried it because I knew you were a harsh man. You reaped where you did not sow. I know you, God. Ha. He just takes whatever you have and he gives it to the one who had multiplied it. We must understand that God is not ruthless. He is just. He's just. 
and according to the knowledge you have and according to how you multiply that knowledge using his wisdom now he begins to reward you in abundance people love the promises of abundance oh my god i receive it god i receive it for my business i receive it for my finances i receive it you know why they receive it is because they have themselves as the recipients of those blessings but what if i were to share with you that god wants to bless you in so much with so much abundance that you would lose sight of yourself that you would only see the need of multiplying his abundance so that it would last for eternity see god wants to give us wisdom and he wants to bless us and those blessings remain for eternity but what are you going to do about it there's so much of promises the knowledge of these promises already over your life there's so many prophetic words my goodness on the day you got saved you've been endowed with prophetic words and impartations and all that kind of stuff and anointing he anointed you he gave you his spirit also on top of that but what are you doing with it you've got to know that i want i want wisdom god give me wisdom yeah wisdom there was only one guy that got the whole bucket load of it but everybody else just like adam and eve one day at a time God, what do you want me to do with my salary? I just received my salary. God, I just I'm going to buy groceries. What do you want me to do about the groceries, God? God, uh, 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 what do you think about my clothes? I'm going to shop for clothes, God. I got a little extra money in my in my bank account. I'm going to shop for clothes. Where do you want me to go? Do you want me to look for the sales or do you want me to look for something that's expensive? What do you think God would say? Because if he tells you go for the 50% discount, then he's a 50% discount God. <laughs> I can see so many of you being set free right now. He said go for qualities, things that would last long. Go for quality. I will give you the I am your god. I want you to dress well. I want you to take care of yourself. I want you to go to the best salons. I want you to go not not to a place where they, they you know they they give you a best price but stupid service that harms your body eventually. Ladies, I'm talking to you. I go to the best salons that where people would treat you like you are being worshiped. That you're being adored by God. Let go to those kind of places where people really they hold your hair as if they're holding God's hair. Because they when they look at you they're receiving an impartation of the Lord your God. This is wisdom ladies and gentlemen. This is not a pep talk this is wisdom. This is what wisdom does for us. This is what wisdom positions us to do. So I want to bless you today church. I want to declare that you will step into the fullness of God's wisdom over your life. In closing, I want to read uh, Proverbs chapter 3 again over you as a prophetic word. I want you to receive it as a prophetic word over your life. And this would be the standard minimum standard of life church global. This is the minimum standard of your life. You will never communicate from a spirit of lack of poverty. But you will communicate from wisdom. All right, here we go. Verse 13 says happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold she is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot be compared with her length of days life church global we believe in life length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who retain So this week I want to bless you. In closing I also want to read Proverbs chapter 4 and it says in verse 5 it says 
get wisdom get understanding do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth do not forsake her for she will preserve you love her and she will keep you because wisdom is a principal thing therefore get wisdom say to your neighbor get wisdom and in all you're getting get understanding so today i want to bless you church i want to declare that this week is a week where you will grow in wisdom you will grow in wisdom and in understanding you will grow in in knowing the perspective of god his will and his desire for your life but you will also grow in the ability to discern discern what is the true nature of knowledge in your life all the knowledge you have enough of knowledge this week to practice with this word i i want to encourage you every day you wake up take an account of the knowledge you have and and the wisdom ask god give me wisdom god pursue wisdom ask god give me wisdom lord what do i do with this knowledge what do i do with this money what do i do with my relationships because that will position you to live an absolutely blessed life so kelsey and i bless you we love you and have an awesome 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 powerful week in jesus name